what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Calistoga coming up this weekend. Before we get into it, let's recap what happened in Texas, and that all started on Friday with AFT's press release disqualifying Jared Meese from the Atlanta Short Track. Meese was disqualified for tire doping. Tire doping is adding a chemical to the race tire to soften it up. That definitely would be an advantage at Atlanta. Congratulations to Morgan Mishler picking up his first career AFT singles win. Shayna Texter is getting faster and faster on her new Husqvarna. She finishes up second, and Brandon Price running out the podium in third. I saw an interesting tweet from Flat Track 24-7. Four Grand National Champions missed the main event in Texas. Kenny Coolbeth, Brian Smith, Jake Johnson, and Brad Baker. I don't think that's ever happened before. It may never happen again. Speaking of first, Chad Coase got his first career podium at Texas. Congratulations to the California kid. Briar Bauman's good to see him back on the podium in second. Jared Meese picking up another victory even after being disqualified the day before from Atlanta. Jared Meese is hard to beat this year. Those riders will roll into Calistoga with their heads held high. A few others will be sidelined due to injuries from the Texas weekend. Sandriana Shipman will be out indefinitely from a qualifying incident. We wish her a speedy recovery. Twins riders Brian Smith and Stevie Bonzi out for a little while with a few broken bones. Baker, Lowry, and Johnson also went down but are planning to compete tomorrow in Calistoga. Meese led every lap here last year. Sammy Helbert finished second on the Yamaha and Brad Baker finished third. There's rich black dirt out in Calistoga. I think that favors Brad Baker and Kenny Coolbeth, but will they have anything for Jared Meese? We'll have to wait and see. This week's guest coming off his best performance of 2018. He was fast qualifier and made his first main event of the season. We caught up with him on the way to Texas. Hey, how are you guys doing? Who's this? Cameron Smith. How are you, Scotty? Hey, man, I'm good. It's uh, good to talk to you on the phone. I don't think we've ever done this before, so it's good to, to catch up with the number 44 in the AFT singles class. Sixth place in the point standings last year with three fourth-place finishes last year. Man, it's good to catch up with you. What's been going on since Atlanta? Oh, nothing much. Um, I had a pretty good crash there at Atlanta, so um, Ryan McCondon took the bikes, made sure everything is good. I'm just coming back home, had a little therapy done, just getting ready, doing some training. I'm going to try to race tomorrow. I had a local race, uh, Sierra Matt, and um, just kind of hanging out, laying low, getting ready. That's about it. I've seen that uh, replay of the crash over and over again. We'll talk more in depth of it, uh, you know, in the 2018 season here in just a little bit. But uh, what was it like from your point of view behind the handlebars? Because it, you know, there was motorcycles and and stuff flying all over the place. So what was it like when you got into that wreck? Oh man, it was crazy. I tried to um, I tried to think for a split second to uh, try to avoid it or go around it. It just didn't work at all. I tried slowing down, and I think I was too. Um, I think I was too a little bit too close to the down the down bike and the down rider to even try to lay it down and avoid going over the bike and stuff like that. So, I mean, I I did try, but it just didn't work out like I thought it would. Well, it's hard to slow those bikes down, you know, with only a rear brake. I think of a front brake, it could have avoided some of that, but then you might have got hit from somebody behind you too. So it's just a, it was just a big chain reaction. Good news is uh, most of you all kind of walked off on your own power. I think you got to ride back to the uh, pit area, but. Uh, you you look pretty shaken up. Are you okay? 
Oh yeah, man, I'm good. I was just um had my head rattle around a little bit. That's about it. But um I got up, felt decent, but um I just had a really really hard hit to my head. So we all agreed to just sit it out, get checked out, and get ready yeah. for the next race. Absolutely, I think that was a good call because you know if you're you're not thinking straight, something worse could happen if you got get back right. on the bike. So I, I think that was a great call on your part and your team's part. So uh, let's get into it. Let's get to know Cameron Smith. Uh, first off, where were you born? Uh, I was born in a small town called Coatesville, Pennsylvania. Um, it's about uh, it's kind of like on the uh, east side of uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. I've heard that uh, town announced a lot. Uh, is there uh, there's some other fast guys born there too, right? Oh yeah, plenty of them. Plenty of them. Uh, Johnny Lewis, Jake Shoemaker, Donnie Mullen, myself, Dick Johnson, Jared Meese. It's like uh, I think it runs in the water down in uh, Coatesville. There's just a ton of flat track riders come out of there. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I mean, I know a lot of people always think that, you know, Michigan, the Michigan Mafia, there's a lot of fast guys from Michigan, but uh, I like how you included yourself in the in the fast guys from the PA area. So are you related to Brian Smith? Are you his brother? Oh, no, we just um we just have a the same last name. I don't think we uh, share any um, relations. That would be kind of crazy if we did that. That would be really funny. Well, I had to ask. You know, you got the same last name, so I just had to ask that one. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get into motorcycles? Um, a friend of the babysitters, his family really came out just not even racing, just riding and doing all types of stuff. So I went over to his house. He was like, hey, man, I have this motorcycle. You should get one. We could ride together and just have fun. And um, somehow I got together with Colin Cunningham um, and Devin Owens. We just started riding and we started racing and then Dalton Gossier came up came along and we just all came up through the through the reins kind of it was just almost felt natural getting on the bike get my first motorcycle on christmas and riding my dad really didn't know much about motorcycles so a lot of people that were from around the area kind of showed me a little bit donnie mullen and johnny lewis jacob shoemaker and um maybe a few other people came in and just showed me a little bit piece by piece i picked up on it and here I am today. Wow. So how old were you when you first rode a motorcycle? I think I was about four years old going into five. I was probably like four and a half. Wow. When was your first race? My first motocross race was at, I think it was Flying Dutchman, but my first flat track race was at Piston Poppers. It was a really cool, fast TT track about five minutes away from my house. Do you still race there today? Oh yes, man. It's a it's a really fun track. They actually have a a big race called Over the Hump. Um, Briar Bauman came out. Jacob Shoemaker came out one time. Sammy Halbert even came out one time, I think. But um, yeah, man. It's it's a fun track. I always love going there and racing there on Sundays. Is that a short track or a half mile or how big is it? Um, it's a TT. It's like a really it's just a beautiful TT. Very very fast right. clay. So it's a clay, so it's not a cushion. I think most of the tracks I've been to in Pennsylvania, there's you know a little bit of cushion. So it's a it's a grooved kind of track, or does it break up? Yeah, it's it's grooved. It's um it's really good clay. It really doesn't throw a defined um, groove down, but it is clay. Right on. Do you have a uh, favorite racing memory so far? I mean, I know you're still young, just out of high school. You've been racing since you were really young. Do you have a favorite racing memory so far? 
Um, my favorite one was last year at Hagerstown. That was probably one of my favorite races and one of my favorite racetracks that I've ridden on. It was just banked, wide groove. You can just run it pretty much everywhere. It was crazy. I love that track. Well, how'd you end up? Um, I actually won the Dash for Cash and the Main. It was kind of like a uh, outlaw, outlaw race. race. Yeah. 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 I, for, I forget. I forget what it was called. Still, uh, still shoe. Anymore. The yeah, steel shoe the series. Steel shoe. Yeah. That's cool. I, I really like that track too, and it, it does have a really wide groove. It makes for some really great racing. It's pretty cool that you won the Dash for Cash. That that's a, a memory that you'll never forget, I'm sure. Oh no, definitely. I never won a Dash for Cash before, but now I can say I did. Absolutely. So uh let's talk about your transition from amateur to pro. Did you wait until you turned sixteen or did you wait a little bit longer and, and what was it like? You know, how did you make that decision to go to the pro ranks? Um I actually turned 16, went to amateur nationals, and um, my parents really didn't want to rush anything. They didn't want me to get hurt, so we kind of waited a little bit. And then we hit um, the last race in uh, Del Mar in Delaware. Um, I actually raced a twin there. It was a little bit different. I, mean, I wasn't used to the cameras and the, the doing the time time trials and stuff like that. But once I got on the bike, I got comfortable. I just got in my groove and just did my thing it, it really it really kind of felt um natural to me just just racing i tried not to look at it as a national i just, just tried to look at it as a regular race and um not let my um try not to get too nervous what was your results that day um i actually got 18th i lost my brakes about maybe three laps in it didn't happen for the rest of the race but just making the main on a twin at my first national, that was that was enough right there. So I was I left there with a smile on my face. Yeah, absolutely, I would too. I mean, making a making a main at a grand national anytime you can, it's 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 an honor. And you know, some people take that for granted, but when you can do it on your first pro race, it's got to be a a feather in your cap. So, what was the biggest change since you made the jump into pros? It was the caliber of the riders. Everybody's fast. Everybody's like so close. And then when I was coming into being pro. You had to ride a twin. I'd never ridden a framer before. Um, it was maybe two weeks before the national. I rode a twin maybe for about a day, and I felt really comfortable. And I was like, "Let's do this. I'm ready." So it wasn't um, it wasn't too bad. I really try not to get too nervous. I really uh, I really liked the the framer and being on the twin and then racing all the fast guys. And I was right, riding right with them. Yeah, that's really cool. Do you still have the, a twin to ride, or do you uh, do you, do you borrow rides, or what's your uh, stable of motorcycles look like? Um, I just have uh, single bikes right now. I do not have any twins. Daryl Barron actually um kind of came in and helped us out when we were running twins in the series. So that was that was very nice of him. He was a big part of my race team two years ago when he let me ride his twins and came to the racetracks and helped me out. We just worked as a team. Do you still ride other races besides the Grand Nationals, or are you just trying to focus on the Nationals this year? Being a privateer, I always try to um, ride all the All-Star, any other races there are, just to get a little bit of extra cash to make it to the next Grand National. A lot of the riders nowadays just only ride the Nationals, and they, they kind of skip the, the Steve Nace races, the All-Star National Series, and and I like that you're riding a lot. I think it, it makes you stay comfortable on the motorcycle and, and keeps your reflexes up. So I like that you're riding a lot. Let's recap the 2017 season just a little bit. I know there are some highs and some lows, but uh, 
some things that I like to talk about. Springfield TT got a fourth place finish. Uh, the New York race, a fifth. Black Hills, a fifth place finish. And then you ended the season on a high note with the fourth place finish. Uh, do any of those stick out more or do some of the ones that you didn't have such good results stick out more to you from last year? The last race sticked out the most because um, there was like a funny story behind that whole day. Um, I um, ended up missing a plane on Friday. So we got a flight for Saturday morning. So we made it to, we made it to California on time on Saturday, but um, we had to get a rental car and um, uh, I think it was Los Angeles. Then we had to go to Paris. It took us three hours to go to Paris. And then I was looking at the time while I was driving and then the practice had started, the time trials had started, which was crazy. Brad Baker called me because he let me his bike to race. I was like, hey, Brad, you're on my bike through tech. He's like, yeah, sure, man, no problem. I see me get here. So I actually, um, I pulled in, got in my car, ran across the track, put my stuff on, and made it out for the last round of practice. It was it was crazy, but I ended it on a on a pretty good note. I think I was I was definitely fast all day, and I think I, if I came on time, I would have definitely been up there on the podium. Wow, that is one hell of a story right there. But, you know, I think also if you're rushing that hard and you're thinking about trying to get there and thinking about the rental car and all that other things, you don't have time to focus on that racetrack and maybe, you know, psych yourself out of the racetrack. So maybe it helped you. I mean, it uh, man, right. that's, that's a heck of a story for sure. Yeah, man, it was it was crazy. But um, Brad really helped me out that day. We really didn't um, really didn't get too rattled because I knew I was fast. I knew Brad was going to be there. I knew um, I had plenty of help. I knew the track fitted my riding style and the way I like to ride. So it was, it was a good day at the end of the day. Love it. So uh, let's talk about uh, the Springfield TT. You, you struggled the Daytona TT with the 17th place finish. Peoria TT didn't make the main, but you did really well at the Springfield TT with a fourth place finish. So walk us through that day. Um, Springfield was just, I, it was just like a, one of those tracks where you can kind of ride anywhere and it, and it holds you like, like glue. We went out for open practice. I think I qualified um, ninth. I just kind of stayed there all throughout the the practice. Went into the the heat, and I got second. And then I went into the, I guess you would call it the semi, and I got third behind Colby. And then um, we really didn't make any changes all day. It was just a matter of getting off the line and just holding your place, riding smart, riding smooth try not to make too many errors, um, drive it hard into the turn, and just try to keep up with the, the the front pack. And so that's what I did. I just kept up, didn't make any mistakes. Um, even though I wanted the podium, I knew I still had the rest of the season. So I just kind of just I – I knew I needed the points. So I just said, okay, fourth is where I'm going to be at. And I just ran that. I just kept running consistently. And um, try not to make any mistakes. Try not to drop back any. So, I mean, that was that was that was a good day. Yeah, absolutely. Fourth place finish to the TT is awesome. Do you think it helped that you've maybe raced there before as an amateur? I know that amateur grands have been there before, and they're actually going back there this year. Do you think being at that facility before helped you? Oh yes, it definitely did. Because if you haven't ever been there, you might struggle a little bit because the dirt's different. Um, the way the track is when the race from lap four to ten it could be totally different it's it's crazy but the track is it's beautiful you gotta definitely ride it race it at least once or twice to 
to know what's going to happen and what's going to happen when you're racing it, how's it going to change throughout the day. Yeah, so I think it helped me being that there at the national and then coming to the pro event. I had a little bit of um, experience before we even got onto the track. Yeah, I think that definitely helps for sure. Are there any other races from last year that stick out to you, whether it's good or bad? I think all the race, all the races were, they really stuck out because um, it was just me, my mom, my dad, and um, Sammy Zubedra came out and, and helped me out a little bit. Andy Wiles came out and helped me. It was just people just coming along, just trying to help me and uh, put me out front and just being where I needed to be. So every race was, it was special because um, I, I really didn't have anything special. I didn't have any special bikes. I was just coming, showing up, working all week, showing up and just put my thing down. You know what I mean? Yep. I sure do. I know what it's like and it's good to have good people in your corner. Uh, Sammy's been a friend of mine for a long time ago. I, I think I used to race against him and his brother, man, way back in the day. So it's good people to have, uh, you know, in your corner to have some knowledge so let's talk about the off season. What went down since uh, Paris of last year before we got into Daytona of this year? What do you, what did you do in the off season? I'm actually in college right now um, at a tech school, so I just went to class and went went to the gym at least two times a day. Tried to eat right. Um, whenever I could, I would try to ride. But it, the the off season here is like terrible. It's just snowing and just cold. So. I, I tried to go down to Savannah whenever they had a race down there. I went down to Jasper with Johnny. I went to Ocala before Daytona. So I tried to do as much riding as possible, stay in shape, stay in the gym, eat right, do some cardio, just stay healthy and stay ready. What do you think motivates you to spend all that time, you know, training and riding all the time? Is it because you want to, you want to win? Is that what motivates you? I really want to win. I see how Jared is is making um, new records, breaking records. That's what I want to do. I want to be not. I don't want to be like Jared, but I want to be above him. You know what I mean? I want to have like. I want to have. I want to be up there highest as as I can be up there at the top. I love that you want to be at the top, man. That's good stuff right there. So, anything else happen? Anything new for your program? I picked up a, a few new sponsors. Uh, Pro Honda Oils, um, Africa Honda, they really helped me out. Davey Durrell, um, he always helps me out with my suspension or if I need wheels or tubes or pegs or anything like that. And um, Rob McClendon, he just came in and was like, hey, man, whatever you need, I'll help you out with. And um, we took it, and we've been working as a team since uh, since Florida, and everything's going good. We just got a um, – we had a – a stater go out at Daytona and I fell at Dixie. So I think at Texas, we should be, we should be good to go. So if I understand that right, and I walked through the pit area and, and tried doing my pit walk there at, at Atlanta, didn't get to do that at Daytona because you guys were so far away from where I was at, but it seemed right. like you and Corey Texter were set up right beside each other. So, and you just mentioned Rob McClendon, who is Corey Texter's mechanic. So does that mean you and Corey are teammates? Um, I mean, yeah, we're in the same pit. We, you you could call us teammates, but um, Corey comes from the same background as I do. Came from the kind of the same area. We grew up together. Grew up racing at the same track. So yeah, you could say we're we're teammates. Have you learned anything from him so far this year? Um, Corey's just smooth when he's out on the track. He doesn't do anything too drastic. He's just smooth. He has his own style. I try to 
watch him in practice, see what he does, because he he was he he just came down from the GNC one level, so he has a lot more experience. He knows what lines to run. He knows what to do in certain situations. So I try to watch him and try to um, kind of mimic that because it's free. It's free advice. I really you don't have to pay for that. Absolutely. Do you try to set up your bike like his? I, I think you uh, you're a little bit bigger than he is, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just a little bit taller. I think our setup's a little different. I might set my bike up different. I don't know how he sets his bike up, but I kind of set my bike up to uh, to way it would work to the track and try to get as much traction as possible. Absolutely. So let's talk about the 2018 season. We started just a little bit, but uh, what are your expectations coming into 2018? Just um, pick up where I left off. And I was so close to getting podiums last year, just fourth and fifth and coming so close. I really want a podium. I know definitely I could I have the the, the power to win. I just got to get everything right, get on the track and my head right, and just lay it down and not let anything get in my way. Tell us about the competition of the singles class. I mean, I think it's it's probably the stiffest the competition's ever been in that class this year. Oh, man, it's crazy with um, Corey Texter, Shana Texter, Ryan Wells. Not even them. It's just everybody, especially us younger generations, uh, Brandon Price, Stallings, Ben Lau, Dan Bromley. Pretty much everybody in the singles class is fast. It's just when you look at the times, it's it's all so close. It just takes that one extra little, little oomph just to get by or to win or pass somebody because everybody's just so close. It's crazy. Let's talk about your program a little bit. I know anytime I see you guys, and I've I've been around the country, and, and no matter what, your mom is one of the most friendly people in the pit area. I love her to death. She always comes out and gives me a hug, and, and we talk for just a second, any chance I can. But And your dad goes to most of the races with you. Is that still what's going to be happening in 2018? Are they going to all the races with you, and how are you guys getting to the races? Um, My dad might stay home here and there just because of um... – it might be a little extra money for him to come along. My mom comes along and make sure everything's right, make sure my leathers are clean at the track. He just takes care of me. But um, a guy in from Virginia, he's a former um, road racer. His name is Dave Evans. He's coming He's coming back to flat track. Um, I've been trying to help him out a little bit, but he's kind of going to be my, my mechanic. So then I'll have somebody for me, and I might ask Rob for some advice and they will do it, but um, that's pretty much it. My dad might come to uh, most of them. My mom will definitely be there. Dave will probably be there for my mechanic and help me out with the bikes and stuff like that. That's cool. Do you make the calls on the changes of the motorcycles, or does, does Dave or Rob McClendon, or do you guys just all talk it over and then make changes? Um, usually we all talk it over. I usually go to Rob and be like, Rob, this is what I, this is what's happening, and then um, or I just might tell Dave and be like, listen, this is the change we have to make, but um. Rob is, he's definitely smart. He knows what to do. So I usually just ask him first. I just started, hey, Rob, uh, I'm having this problem. Oh, you, you can do this, this, and that. And then Dave will do it. Or my dad or Rob McClendon might bring um, his dad. He brought him at Dixie. They did a wonderful job. Just helped me out. Whatever, pretty much whatever I needed, they did. So that was a big help. How much do you rely on the stopwatch and the times from AFT, and how much do you rely on how it feels to you? Is there is there a mix there, or is you just look at the times and say if this has to change to go faster, or is it all about your feel? Um, sometimes you can feel really fast, and then you look at the times, you can be really slow. Sometimes you can be really slow, and you can be really fast on the times, but 
I just try to be within that first top 10. And then once the racing starts, I rely on the times to see if the track is getting faster or the track is getting slower. So I might look at Jared Mees and I might see his time from the key race were a little faster. So then it might tell me the track is getting faster. So that's how I use it. I mean, sometimes I can look at the track and you can tell it's getting faster. It might lay down the groove or the line might change to a um, more higher on the bank. So it might be a little faster, but sometimes the times help you out just as much as looking at the track. They can tell you pretty much everything, if it's going to slower or faster or what's going on. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Let's talk about Daytona. You said you had a mechanical, but didn't make the main. Talk about the whole race weekend. What were your expectations going in that the track was bigger, better, faster, uh, you know, more speed going up to the jump. Tell us about your Daytona trip. Oh, my Daytona trip. It was, it was short. We really didn't hang out for the whole week. Like I usually did. I had to go to school, but, um, I just wanted to, um, get in the top five and start my season off. Right. Being up front in the points and kind of staying there all year, just being up front. But um, it was a um, hard start because you came out of the, the left turn from the straightaway, and it had such long of a straightaway, then the jump, and then the turn was right there, so then I didn't know how hard to hit it in order to make that right turn. But I finally got it. I was back pretty far in the times, but as the races went on, I, I was coming up, coming up, coming up. And then in the last race, my stator went, and that kind of ended my night, but um, it was it wasn't the stator. It was a it was a ECU the electrical control unit. It was um triggering the stator, so that was good. It was a good thing that happened there, so we could get the problem fixed, get everything ready. And so I mean it was it was bad, but it was a, it was a good thing to get every get every, get all our bad luck out within the first couple of races of the season. Yeah, get rid of the gremlins right away. So let's talk about Atlanta. We've talked about it just a little bit. You had a big get-off. Um, how hard is it from you know racing and setting up in a cold Saturday? We raced half the program, then having to come back on Sunday, and, of course, your big get-off. So before the before the big wreck, how were you doing on Saturday, and then compare that to Sunday? Um, we were doing good. Uh, it was just it was the fact that the where I was in the – in the session, I was—I think I was the third or fourth session. By the time the track came around, it was getting slower, and it was crazy because last year, I—I I put the last year's gearing on for practice, and we were just way off. The track got drastically fast from the rain. It was moist. It was fast, so we were just changing. We just kept changing the gearing, changing the gearing. It was rainy. The cold really didn't affect me because I'm from Pennsylvania, so I'm kind of used to it. Kind of stuff. But um, it wasn't bad. So you just said the track was a lot faster there this year than it was last year. I think we're about a half a second faster. Is that what you think too? Oh yeah, I was I was about two or three teeth off um, wow. from last year. So it was it got so much faster. I don't know how much faster it was in the final, but I know on Saturday it was it was it was wicked fast. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, it looked like a lot of fun. So uh, we talked about your wreck a little bit. Glad you're okay from that. Was there anything else you Thank learned you. from that whole experience? Um, Just be out front. And I, I probably wouldn't have had that problem. I was kind of struggling there on Saturday. So we kind of started off from the back. If I think I was on the front row, got a good start and just try to avoid half the problems. I think that would have that eliminated me 
having that bad crash. I gotcha. So let's talk about Texas. That's our next race. Um, you didn't make the main event there last year. What are your thoughts going into this long six week stretch of racing? I'm ready. Um, I've been training really hard, just trying to get back in the motion of everything, getting, um, getting um, all my muscles back working from the, from the crash, got a little banged up, but I'm, I'm ready. I'm definitely ready to make that big West coast swing. Um, definitely love Arizona, Calistoga, Sacramento, probably my favorite track on the circuit. Never been to Texas, but it looks like a pretty cool track from what I've seen from last year. Yeah, it looks like a, a pretty good, you know, track for you, a typical clay racetrack, you know, car track, and, and I think you'll you'll do real good there. You said these next few races are some of your favorites, so do you have goals specifically set up for each of these races or just, you know, just go out there and try to win? I'm definitely going to go try and win it, but if I can get on the podium, that's my that's probably my main goal even before winning because it's it's a baby steps. So I really can't take that big of a step. Um so I definitely want to get some podiums under my belt and um get some just get some points on the board because I I'm still with zero points. So that's my main goal first is just get some points, try to get on the podium, be um consistent as possible. The good thing is there's a lot of other fast guys that are tied with you with zero points. It's been kind of a rough start to the season for a few other riders right. too. So don't don't uh, don't count yourself out of the points just yet. Um, you said you're racing a, a, a non-national this weekend. You're going to ride some more of the Steve Nace All Star races also later in the year. Do you think that helps your program, or does it is it is it hard on equipment, or is it definitely worth it? Um, it's definitely worth it. Just getting a little bit of extra cash. Racing every weekend, it just makes you on top of the bikes more, make sure everything's okay, um, getting a little extra cash. You might you might have a little bit of extra money to freshen up the bike. It's just it's always good to go out and do some racing other than the Steve Nay stuff because sometimes it might be such a long break between, um, just like this week from Dixie to Texas, such a long break. So you might want to race the weekend before just to make sure everything's good, make sure you're there physically and mentally. And then you can go back and you're ready for Texas. How do you approach a track that you've never been to before? Say like Texas, you say you didn't go down there last year. Do you, do you hit up somebody that, that raced there last year and ask to use some of their notes or you just kind of compare it to a track that you've been to before that's similar? Um, I just, I study it really hard. I watch, I watch it on fan choice, maybe for a couple of hours, just really study it. Look at the dirt, look how the track changed from night to day. Look where the line is see if I can hear any tire squeal if it's if it's that hooked up. Try to study as much as possible. You know, racing at the level we are now, there's not a lot of people letting all their information up at a national event, especially if you're going to be racing against them. Uh, you mentioned some of the upcoming tracks are some of your favorite ones, but is there one track in particular on the circuit, on the schedule, that you're looking forward to the most this year? Um, I'm looking forward to Williams Grove because that's a that's a PA track. That's 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 home. So I definitely last year I got fifth. I I gotta I gotta push it up a little bit and get up there on the podium so I can show all my home fans I can I can I, I can do it. How how cool it'd be to get on the podium or even even better than that? How cool it'd be to win at your home track in Williams Grove? Oh man, that would be a dream come true right there. That would be a definitely that would definitely be a dream come true. Love it. So it's time for Graham's question. That's Kathy Dubler. That's my grandma. And, and uh, she has a question for each of our guests. And she said she loves your family involvement in the sport. She knows that you graduated high school last year. And she uh, 
Obviously, we talked about just a moment ago, you're going to college, but uh, what are your plans for the future and what are you studying in college? My plans are to um, graduate college and really focus in on racing and see how far I can go and see who's going to come along, maybe get a twins ride and try to um, ride that out and really see how far I can go with the flat track racing. I know it's starting to blow up with it being on television and um, people are just like, oh, what's flat track? And they're starting to figure out what it is, what it, where it came from, figuring out how cool it is. Um, I'm going to school for uh, heating and air conditioning. I've been doing it for maybe the last five years with um, a guy back here at home. His son rides flat track, too, so it's kind of cool. We get off of work and go ride for the rest of the day and kind of just hang out. Well, you, you better say his name and give him a shout-out right now. I mean, you got him. You just yeah. better, better say who it is. Uh, Bob Wheatley and Robert Wheatley and uh, Trace Wheatley and the Wheatley family. Perfect. How cool is it to see yourself on national TV? Oh man, it's crazy. It's kind of like, oh man, that's that's me right there. Sometimes I don't I don't believe it, but it's um it's definitely a dream come true because I always wanted to go pro and I always used to see the the flat track racing and any racing period on TV. I'm like, man, I want to be on TV one day, and then. I always shake people's hands and be like, oh, man, I want to see you on TV one day. Then turn on TV, there I am. It's like it's kind of it's kind of crazy, but um, I love it. I love it. I love that answer. Finally getting some, some national recognition on TV for flat track, which is, you know, the greatest sport in the world. So uh, it's time for the rapid-fire questions. So these are the questions we ask at the end of each episode, and I want to know the first thing that pops into your mind. So who is your favorite motorcycle racer today? Oh, man. Putting you on uh, the spot. Yeah, Jared's definitely a dominator. He's been he's been wicked fast, but um, it doesn't have to be flat track but, either. I mean, it could be somebody else. I would say James Stewart, but he kind of he fell off. He's not really my favorite rider no more. But okay. I, guess, I don't know. I kind of want to say Brandon Robinson because he got on the Harley and he's been he's been um trying to make it work and he's been trying to put it up front. That's my that's my buddy, man. I don't know. I gotta say Brandon Robinson. Love it. Love it. Do you follow any other sports? And uh, if so, what's your favorite pro team? Um, I follow Supercross a little bit. I like the uh, team Honda or uh, Ken Roxon, but he's actually out right now. Yeah, that's probably the only other reason I follow. I really don't follow the sprint car because it's not really, uh, I don't know. I like to, I like to go to sprint car races rather than watch it on TV just to feel that, that, um, that dirt hit you in the face and, it's just, it's crazy. The rumbling of the motors. Those things are so loud, man. They're so fast too. I know it's almost like NASCAR, but on dirt, it's like crazy. People don't know it. A lot of people don't know about it. They want to stick to NASCAR. I'm like, listen, sprint cars are way to go. Absolutely. If I have one regret in my life right now, Cameron, it's not driving a sprint car, man. Those things just, <laughs> they haul the, they haul the mail and they're, they're, they're doing exactly what we're doing, except for they're on four wheels and they just get crossed up and just never let off the gas. It's amazing to watch. Yeah, man, it's um, that's probably the favorite other racing that I have is um, sprint car because it's just the closest thing to flat track. It's crazy. It's crazy racing. It's close. They get sideways. It's amazing. Yep, I agree with you 100%. So, uh, what's your favorite place to eat when you're out there on the road? Oh, I'd have to say Chick Fil A. I love, and I just love their. They have really good chicken, chicken, Who, uh, chicken, and yeah. and their waffle fries. Yep. Yep. So uh, what do you do with all your trophies that you've won? I know we've seen the, a short video on you quite a bit last year. There's a bunch of trophies behind you, but what do you do with all your trophies? 
there's some in the garage. There's some in my basement. They're they're all in my house. I might give one or two away, but I try not to because it it's a lot just to give a trophy away because just coming up, I can if I even if I get older, I can look at them and be like, wow, look at that! I got a trophy from when I was about five years old at Piston Poppers. It's like it's kind of crazy. So I, I keep them. I keep them all. Even if I go to a um, local race and they give me like a little uh, plaque or anything, I, I hang it up in my room. Awesome. Do you have a favorite trophy? Not yet. Not yet. I do not have a favorite trophy yet. I like that yet part because it's probably going to be when you get on the podium or when you're first national, right? Yeah, there you go. Now you're thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking like <laughs> that's what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> so uh, who who gets the victory lap when you win your first national? Who's going on the back with you? Well, I don't think my dad would. I don't know. I think my dad would, but my mom, I de- she definitely would because she's a uh, She's bad to the bone. She definitely get on. Uh, I, I hope I'm announcing when that does happen. So uh, the last question I got in a rapid fire is, if you could bring a new sponsor into our sport, who would it be and why? Man, that's that's a tough question. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I would I would I would say like Team Honda, but Honda's already giving up contingency and they're already trying to help us out. All the manufacturers are trying to give up contingency and the help. But man, what about hard. what? What about somebody outside the sport? Like, I, I think my choice, I've been talking it over with my producer, Chris Carter, and I said, let's bring Nike into the sport. I want some I want some kick-ass uniforms like the Oregon Ducks have, you know? I mean, something cool like that. Yeah, man. Nike, Nike, um, Adidas, uh, Jordan. I, I'd say Jordan because he could, he could make some cool-looking, like, boots and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Jordan yeah. helps out a road race team uh, here and there, so I think you might as well come on over to Flat Track. Right, right. There you go. Let's make it happen. There's, there's your next big sponsor. <laughs> we just, we just figured it out right there on off the groove. All right, man. I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy, but uh, you want to say thanks to anybody before we let you go? Oh yeah, I definitely got to say thank you to all my sponsors: uh, Bastion Mushroom Farms, Effort Honda Cycles, Dave and Susan Phillips, WD Dump Trucks, uh, Davey Durrell. Mike Velasco, Brad Baker, Brandon Robson, Dave Evans, my mom and dad, Hamilton Motorsports, Jemco Exhaust, Robbie Bobby, um, D&D Cycles, Greg Vitry, Hershey Motors, and just um, everybody else helping me out to get where I need to go. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Cameron. I really appreciate it. And I look forward for you getting on the podium here real soon and, and maybe even knocking off your first win here in the 2018 season. Oh, thank you, man. Definitely, definitely. Thank you, guys. That was Cameron Smith, number 44. I appreciate him taking the time. I don't think it'll be long before he gets that podium. Out here on the West Coast for the next few, which means I'll get my fill of In-N-Out Burger. That, my friends, is foreshadowing. Talk to you next week.